You're tuned into our podcast, To Boldly Roll, a weekly play-by-voice Star Trek Adventures RPG hosted by Obsidian Fleet. If you want to boldly explore our biographies, read the Game Master's reports, and listen to crew logs, then set your phasers to stun and your browser heading for our website, toboldlyroll.net. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Potemkin. Our mission on behalf of Obsidian Fleet is to make new friends and protect the Federation. To discover the galaxy and to not roll 20s, we aim only to pick fights with the GM that we can win, but not upset him so much that he yells stars at us wholesale. And so it is, we have united today to boldly roll. Welcome, I am Matthew, the GM. I also play Torren Pax, the captain and I try really hard not to kill everyone. I'm Matthew, and I play Lieutenant Ezekiel Zeke Pride, the Helm Officer and 2XO. Hi, I'm Will, and I play Alexander Artopoulos, the Chief Medical Officer. I'm Nikki, I play the Grazerite Chief of Engineering, Lieutenant Ellie Navine. Hi, I'm Paul, I play Lieutenant Scott McIntyre, the tough, uncompromising Chief of Security on the USS Potemkin. You're still about a week away from signal location, but Pax has gathered you in the observation lounge. No explanation as to why you're to be in your dress uniforms. Oh, dress uniforms. And as you all mingle amongst the crowd, Ellie, you, you notice that a lot of your friends from engineering are around and Pax calls for silence and then ushers you up the uh, in front of the windows nikki and he hands you a little box you open said box and inside is uh, is your third pip Aww. congratulations he says but you appear to be out of uniform Yay. Yay. congratulations Yay. <laughs> pins the third pip upon your collar and explains how out of character and in character Ellie slash Nikki uh, has been invaluable and he hopes that you never come across an organic computer because then you're screwed. Um, just, just a sec. Computer end program? No. <laughs> no. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know as soon as I put you in the observation lounge, that's what you're all thinking. Is this another bloody holodeck thing? Nope. It is real, as far as you can tell. And the party commences. Somehow he has managed to find actual alcohol from somewhere, which is always a good thing, obviously. Indeed. So the party commences. I run over and give Ellie a hug. Aww. (laughs) He hugs Scott back. High fives for the doctor. Better officer. So when you come back on duty the following day, maybe a little bit worse for wear. You never know. Uh... Pride, can you roll for Elixir? We don't have a science officer right now. Oh, um, a sensor roll with the ship as well. Science and what? Control? Yeah, control. And can someone do sensors and science for the Potemkin, please? Somebody say science. Yep. Yes, you can assist. Oh, that's. Ooh. Um, we don't have any momentum. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> roll a 20 already. Yep. We only started. So she's got astrophysics, physics, and quantum mechanics. If that four is, un- that four is under. I helped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how to put a complication in here, so it will go wasted for the moment. I'll have a point of threat instead. Yeah, uh, it'd be astrophysics, probably, I would think. Um, so long-range sensors detect antimatter explosions, for want of a better term, antimatter signatures. It's not so much the the strength of the individual signatures, it's the number of them. And they're coming from a star system on co- on your course. So PAX orders a detour. Takes just a few, well, less than an hour to get there, really. As you approach, the system is like many other. It's got a um, a, a white dwarf star like Sol, a couple of gas giants in the outer system, and a few rocky um, planets in the inner system. Signature is coming from one, but there is something strange about it. Need another science test. Um, actually, um, Elixir can do a science test and Ellie can do an engineering with Will assisting and the ship as well. Please. Wow. Science. Oh, she's just getting there. That's two successes. More and more if it's under. Uh, is this, this is sensors? Yeah. What attribute am I using with science? Uh, insight. Oh, good. Same number anyway. That's uh, two successes, unless one of my focuses applies, then it's three. Probably quantum mechanics. So useful. It's almost as though you know me. (laughs) So the planet seems to be a, a patchwork stitching of different timelines. Different points in time. And it's not a... It's not like it's slices. It's, you know, an island here or a continent there. And they all appear to be in different uh, temp- different states of temporal flux. You are detecting life signs and industry. Nothing that is uh, as um, a warp-capable species. Uh, but there is relatively advanced technology maybe early 21st century Earth and lower, including what looks like different uh, humanoid species, earlier evolutions. Oh, so how, what's the, what's the stretch of time, like the range on the planet? Oh. Like, are we talking, we're talking Pleistocene through 21st century? Because you mentioned I'm other hominids. millions of years. So you did, because you did mention other hominids. So yeah, probably okay. millions of years. Does does there seem to be some kind of like barrier between time slices? I'm no, just wondering no. why the 21st century people haven't like conquered Pleistocene Earth um, or whatever. Uh, the resources. It's unknown. Um, but you, one of the possible explanations is that the slice containing the most advanced timeline is tiny no bigger than rhode island is an island or connected to the continent 
it's an island, but it's it's not far from our mainland. Do any of the time signatures match our own? Mm, engineering check, please. It's a no war capable. No, but that doesn't mean that they're not a race in our own timeline. Okay. Um, two successes. Three if it applies to anything. Quantum mechanics. Uh, yes, the most advanced portion is from the current timeline, from the current point in the timeline. Um, when <laughs> this might be hard to detect, but like. Imagine a whale is swimming the ocean and goes between these timelines. Does it seem to disappear or can it cross? No, I... it can cross. While uh, the planet has been stitched together, it is very much a planet. It's not the the. It seems to be just the the outer the well. So within the atmosphere, is it? Yeah. The, so the planet, the the core of the planet is unchanged. Uh, it's not like that's from different slices of timeline. Um, it seems that it's uh, more surface level, and it is people and animals can cross between the two, between time zones, as it were, without any problems at all. Uh, yeah, that was difficult getting my head around. Ah, I know it's what I was question. trying to say. <laughs> Okay, so it doesn't look like we're going to disappear from our own timeline will still be visible if we walk around on this planet. Yeah, it's not it's not an active anomaly that is creating the different time zones. It's as though the planet was sliced up in different points in time and then stitched back together again. A bit like, a bit like that Voyager episode. Which one? Uh, where different decks of the ship are in different time zones. Oh, yes, similar. Okay, I think I vaguely remember that one. Just, you know, on a planetary scale. I remember Janeway wanting to commit so many crimes. No, that was just Voyager. So this planet, where is the the antimatter stuff that we're detecting? Where about is that localized to one area? Uh, the current timeline slice is displaying readings of extensive antimatter detonations oh do we recognize what what type they are there is that is that weapons is that power stations um do a weapon weapons check what's the what's the role for that so insight and security insight security oh i'm not amazing at that uh but i've still got two successes okay you're kind of Um, amazing kind of only kind of yeah kind of amazing Yes, um, it does appear, well, no, no to your first part, yes to your second part. It appears to be more of an antimatter reactor failures than weapons fire. Well, failures is... Yeah. How much does an antimatter reactor destroy when it blows up? This thing's only the size of Rhode Island. So it's like a warp core going up, surely. Yeah, I mean, are we talking about, I mean, would that destroy the whole civilization oh, there? Yeah, don't forget that the Rhode Island-sized island was just a portion of the planet, of the timeline it came from. Um, so while there is no physical evidence, visual evidence, there is plenty of energy signatures available, if that makes sense. Oh, I'm, I'm not parsing that. Um, are there any available... 
uh, radio or television signals or any sort of satellites or anything? Um, there is a single orbiting station. It's small. There are no life signs aboard. We still need to back off, though. They can still possibly see it. Got you. Um, want to hack into the satellite with me? Sure. If there's anything like our Earth, there's the whole network. There's whole networks of satellites up there, flying out in space. <laughs> you don't need my help. Uh huh. Oh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think you I don't need my help. Rolls. <laughs> you got this. I was supposed to roll three of them, and um, did I go on? <laughs> The computer has to roll. <laughs> Let's collect all of the momentum right now. <laughs> yeah, it probably would be all the momentum. <laughs> that was me again. <laughs> What's the computer roll? Um, watch, watch me get a 20. Impressing my luck here. Communications and security. So, 11. I love it. There you go, another success. What am I up to yeah, now? Killing it. Five, that's five. That would be five successes altogether. And I haven't even done anything. Go ahead, roll two. Well, well he, yeah, roll your assists. I, I just want to see Matt roll his eyes. <laughs> uh, what is it? my security and control, that, isn't it? With another success. Another success. Seven successes. I think that's what a record. Seven successes. <laughs> Just we just uh, without even looking at each other, Ellie and uh, Scott just high five without even you know no look high five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only needed one. So how much? <laughs> Six more minutes. Yeah, uh, we're only allowed four, right? No, uh, you're allowed eight. Two per two player. Two per person. I'm so spending my fret tonight. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while the computers are encrypted, it's it's. It's nothing compared with the Potemkin and um, Nikki and Scott's skills. The, da- the, the data cores aren't exceptionally large, uh, maybe a few uh, gigabytes, but you do get, you are able to get basic information. It's the station is the is this planet's first major station in orbit, can house up to eight people, so. You know, huge. It's mostly solar panel. Think uh, the ISS uh, for construction. It has a nuclear reactor as well, but the reactor is old. Um, possibly one of the first modules put up, and the station is about 50 years old, or the oldest part is about 50 years old. The eight inhabitants recently jettisoned in the life pods to the planet below, but it appears that it was orbiting directly above Rhode Island when the time stitch happened. So it was pulled into this uh, stitched planet along with uh, the Rhode Island. But before, just before that, it, it registered the detonation of almost every antimatter reactor on the planet um, simultaneously. Um, it's unknown why they detonated but as they detonated i mean as in the instant they detonated uh the time shift happened ah so this is new yeah so from that you can infer that the planet suffered a major um apocalypse 
level event. There are people alive down the um, island. Yes, there are people down there, um, but only a few hundred. Uh, oh, only a few one, hundred. Yeah, it's not a city down there. It's not Rhode Island, obviously. It's an alien planet, but um, the it was only a um, spattering of houses. How long ago was this? From your point of view? Like if I was on the planet, how long have they been living? A matter of hours. Like, oh, hours, okay. It co- the time stitch seems to have coincided with your detection of the antimatter explosions, which brought you here in the first place. That was a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Is it our responsibility to help clean this up and put all their timelines back? Or what? They're pre-warp, so we're outside. Yeah, but they messed with the timeline. Time people. What's the protocol? What's the yeah, protocol that's temporal affairs. That? That's not us. <laughs> I don't um, know. I feel like uh, I need somebody to read the regulations on this one. This is why I don't like the Prime Directive. Um, <laughs> I think if we can maintain cover, we probably provide some all trying to figure out what the heck happened. Um, but we're going to need to blend in, obviously. Going on an away mission? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, am I in charge now again? Are there pictures of these uh, people from the space station? Like their files or whatever? Do we know what yep. these people look like? There oh, you go. Great. We're sea monkeys. What are those, what are those called? Axolotl? Axolotl. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What are they from? We're gonna be we're gonna be in hours in makeup if we're gonna go down there trying to be infiltrated. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we have those holographic suits. <laughs> we did at the beginning. Yeah. So probably we want to figure out what kind of diet and stuff these people have. Well, I'm not eating necessarily while I'm down there, right? Oh, no, but I mean, if, if we're going to take humanitarian aid down with us, we're going to need to replicate food, um, water. Well, water we can probably get down as long as they have a, a way to clean it or whatever. We should be, be able to rig something up for a 21st century timeline water purification system. But food be a harder issue so so we have a two-prong goal here then to to help the survivors and to uh, uh carefully and to figure out what revealing happened. ourselves and to figure out yes. what happened uh to unstitch the planet because i mean it's kind of pointless if we don't actually try to save the people i'll just let the planet sit there and evolve again oh, <laughs> uh, are any of the Timeline time signatures after our own. We just don't have people on them. Not that you can tell. Okay, they're only historical. Yeah. Um. Then my question is, if this was predestined to happen and we unstitch the planet, do we mess up their history? <laughs> like I was, like I'm telling you, that's really good. Make my noodle. I think the temporal mess up, like automatically means it's not part of their planetary history of evolution. <laughs> It's not how time loops work. (laughs) (laughs) 
They might have caused their own. They might have caused their own spark at the beginning of their evolutionary ancestry by the radiation from this event. <laughs> and this is why I hate the Prime Directive. <laughs> temporal Prime Directive. This is temporal. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, like DT, the DTI are not going to be amused with you, one way or another. I think you're going to get a visit. There's never a good answer regardless. to these. No. Scott failed temporal mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing? Uh, well, what kind of food do these people eat? You can take and take with us. Um, There's a variety of foods that you are easily able to replicate. Okay. We replicate a truck. A truck? Semi full of food. <laughs> I mean,. You've got transporters, surely you just stick it in a box and put it where it needs to be? Oh, yeah, but 21st century doesn't have transporters, so that can dole out food, like a FEMA truck. Do they have a FEMA that we can pretend to be? Uh, data is unavailable. Um, I guess it's understanding what we're what, what we going to be, what are we actually doing here? Are we helping them properly, or are we just investigating to understand what happened and if there was something we could reset? Well, I was planning on doing both. I mean, there's like, we're talking about refugees here. What's the next closest time signature on this planet? Um, about 100 years before. Okay. Which is... I don't know what I was going to do with that information. Just curious. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, which oh. is the next time signature adjacent? 1920 versus 2020. And there's people there and everything. Yes. Are they affected by this radiation stuff, this um, event too? No. No. Well... So the energy signatures are uh, are expanding. They're harmless to the life. They're just they're just the mechanism in which you found out antimatter explosions. But it is expanding into adjacent time zones. Not the damage, just the the, the, just the signature. Effect. Does that mean that there's more and more of the signatures, like increasing more and more of the people are? No, no. Think of it more of a a shock wave. This signature's mm. radi- oh, a radiation ring, so radiating mm. ring. So it's radiating around the planet. What is it doing? It's not doing anything, it's just a signature. Okay. How were the people in the 1910s? Time? Are they the same refugees kind of situation? The 100-year one is the same species, just at an earlier point in their timeline. Right, but are they in a post-apocalyptic situation like 21st century? No, no. They uh, it appears to be a um, a military base of some description, um, and there's a couple of thousand of them. Would it appear to them that the rest of their world has just cut out? Like they're not getting telegrams from the next continent um, anymore? Yeah, they 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 know something was wrong. They had primitive radio, maybe a little bit more advanced than telegrams, but you know we're talking early radio here, and they know something was wrong because they weren't receiving any signals anymore okay so we're not so worried about saving them just yet they're not surviving the apocalypse it's just a couple hundred people in 2020s yeah i mean they're they're not 2020s (laughs) oh that's what he said early 21st century so i'm saying this is 2020 yeah um so the ones in the 2020 they're not walking dead sort of survivors they are a small township 
that was plucked out before they even knew the explosions had happened. So it's not like New Orleans Katrina. It's not a situation. No, no. Okay. They've got homes, shelter, uh, homes. So rural community. Yes. Yeah. Think they probably of, have think food. Of a small, then? Okay. Yeah, small farming community thing, sort of thing. I guess it's not a humanitarian. Um, they've, they've got to know that something happened too. Then I'm gonna work with the doctor to program the hollow projector thingies for our cover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Do the roll thing. The dice thingy. What sort of rule for faking hologram stuff? Xenobiology? I've got biology slash xenobiology. Oh, yeah, that one. I want a computer program to merge this alien picture with my Frank Grillo picture. <laughs> look to see how I'm going to look as this alien. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, you look fabulous. So I'm using computers to do this? Yes. Where's that bloody computer? With three successes. One success. Just gonna take your dice off you. Make your roll D ten. Um D one hundred. Holding on to my extra pip. <laughs> D one hundred. Um Okay, so yeah, you're able to program them. Language is gonna be a little bit more complicated. It's not really a spoken language, it's more echolocation sort of thing. Uh chirps and chips and their their head gills. And they are, well, they're, unlike Earth axolotls, they are amphibious. So they can breathe like a like a normal humanoid. But when they're in the water, their gills breathe. They breathe through their gills. Their gills are articulated and they form part of the language. Just to make it complicated for you. Like, are they able to handle that? I mean... We can tie that to the holographic projectors so we can get the articulation. Yep. It should be able to handle the and should be able to handle the echolocation. Yeah, well yeah, it's it's not gonna be difficult, it's just different. Okay. Okay. We have neither of our great communicators here. That could be a problem. Yeah. Okay. How are you getting down? Are we beam down? He asked. There's gonna be a consequence. <laughs> Therefore I don't trust the teleport. I assume we beam down. I need down. to adjust my language, don't I? <laughs> I say shuttle. Well, but we shuttle. If we fly we down, have... we'll take the Atalanta, who can hide herself. I have a cloak. It just has. No, but she blends in. Yeah. Well, that's a good choice. What? Nothing. Transporter would be ideal because we avoid any. Is that the only thing that's in space? There's no other satellites? Nope. Nothing that can detect us other than the space station, the empty space station? Nothing else. And I guess we could take the shuttle if we don't. You're scared of losing your ship, aren't you? No, if we use the transporters, we're going to beam down and we'll be babies in our suits. <laughs> That's what happened. I want a quick beam to the space station and see if there's anything we need to, that would be useful to pick up. Is that okay? Yeah, we can do that. Let's do it. Okay, I'm beaming to the space station. Um, um, the As you stand in on the transporter pad, the transporter operator informs you that the, it seems to be a liquid environment. Ah, oh. that makes sense with our creature things. There are no pockets of air anywhere. Okay. Uh, can I just use some small scuba gear type breather things? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not pressurized that deep. Maybe a few feet. Oh, so just a 
a rebreather and a wetsuit will do. Is anyone else going with you? For Doc. Does anybody else want to? Uh, I still a standard way team would all go. Yeah, I mean, there's room. So you beam aboard. The water is is warm. It's not hot. It's just you no know, comfortable. It's crystal clear. Uh, there is a current running pretty much through the center mm-hmm. of the station. Um, circulate water, and your tricorders are picking up a garden. I guess that would be the best word for it. Um, but there, it contains uh, plants that are extremely efficient at filtering the water and oxygen, 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 putting oxygen into the water and taking carbon dioxide out. And this, you can see it. In fact, once it's directed towards you, you can. It's at the end of the hallway. Um, it's kind of like uh, it's a series of modules that are connected together. Doors are all open. Right at the end, there is a dome, crystal clear glass that is pouring in a load of sunlight. And you can just see around the hatch little movements of green leaf type things. A couple of occasions you see um, a little creature, fish-like creature, dart across the hatch. uh, And they seem to feed upon... It seems to be feeding on like um, aphid-like creatures on the plants. So it's kind of like a little biosphere. The algae eater in the fish tank? Yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's a little biome. Well, little. It's about a 20-meter diameter. Obviously all full of water. Uh, all the... Literally all the walls, all, all round... Uh, there are different panels and constant uh, screens, storage containers, just loads. It's just completely packed, like you would expect a a NASA space station to look like. How does the how do you interact? Is it just touch based, or is it like thermals? Um, it is. It's um, it's touch based. It's a mix of switches and touch screen. At a casual glance, Nikki can tell that the switches appear to be for safety purposes um, because they're all covered with a rocker. Don't touch those. That's well, a big red yeah. one? No, <laughs> no, no don't touch ones. it. <laughs> yeah, so the switches seem to be uh, more for safety purposes, uh, just in case something bumps up against it. It's, you know, you don't accidentally jettison the solar panels or Flush everything out of the airlock. Yeah, that'd be is bad. Is there a big well. red button anywhere? <laughs> no. Dang it. The water is also rich in nutrients. Uh, this seems to be a way of not only feeding the biome, but also basic food stuff for the axolotls. Although there is evidence of more complex food stuffs, but there's evidence, i.e. packets, but nothing, they seem to have run out of food, basically. Are there any, are there any kind of uh, keys or codes or anything that looks like military or personal goods or identification, patches? I'm just looking for anything that can kind of key us in directly. 
No, um, there's no, well, there's nothing that you would assume to be military. This does seem to be very much a uh, civilian operation. There doesn't appear to be any personal items like clothing or things like that. Do they wear clothes? Well, you're not sure. The picture on the screen is the picture of one of the the official IDs um, photos that you found. So it's potential Baby they pants? don't wear clothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you don't know how they breed. They might not have, you know, junk. Oh my. Well, the holograms would... Well, you haven't turned it on yet, to be fair. But no, no, you you know they, they're, they're not. They're more like a cat than a dog or a human. And we pass right. on the discussion. So it's civilian operation, so, but governmental? Uh, any sort of like. Um, yeah, uh, um, it's. Access. Kind of like, kind of like a, a world space organization. It, it appears that they were much. The nations were much more cooperative than on Earth in the mid in the early 21st century. There was no world hunger or anything like that. They were just interested in, in exploring, and space was the next place to explore. Um, how stable is their core? Was there any effect on the nuclear reactor up here? A slight variance, not noticeable with their technology, but is noticeable with the Potemkin sensors. Uh, the variance, it was a feedback loop. It was slowly building to uh, instability, but it would still take years before their technology could detect it, and then years, years later before it would become a problem. All right, so we don't have to intervene there. No. Okay. I mean, it would be a simple fix. Well, I'd look at Pride. Do you, do you want me to fix it? Uh, if we can fix it with their technology, yeah. Okay. I just reset the variance. Yeah. It doesn't take a roll. It's oh, good, because I can't save all that momentum again. <laughs> <laughs> Turn a screw. <laughs> the butterfly effect. You've changed history. Yeah. All everything, right. everything um... you know no longer exists. Um, yeah. I guess there's nothing to help us here, really. Kind of cool stuff. I'm being back. Um, and I guess get ready to go on our away mission. Yep. Can we do a sciencey thing, please? Sciencey scan. Someone say science? Yep. And the ship as well. Oh. So good and so bad. Do you want a momentum that? Yeah. Come yeah. On. Not like you haven't got right enough. Now. Yay! Much better. Yay! Okay, so your transport over to the station and back revealed, well, it didn't do anything to you, but the transporter chief had to account for a slight temporal alignment issue, well within the transporter's ability to do so. Uh, it's a trivial task, but it did lead the curious chief to go looking further and it appears that while the individual time zones aren't being maintained with a temporal field, the entire planet is. And the science scans confirm that should whatever is creating the temporal field be shut down, all the sections would snap back 
their original timeline. Any idea what the consequences of that would be? Nope. Any idea where the is the generating from? Uh, no. Hmm. Don't know where it's generating from. It was. We believe it was initiated by the. No, I think the. I don't know. I, I think the the antimatter explosions weren't. Yeah. How many antimatter explosions were there? Between twelve and sixteen of a similar yield, probably a dozen torpedoes each. Okay. So that means if we reset, we might be sending them back to post-apocalyptic hell. The, 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 2020, the 2020 people, anyway. If we're um, going to mess with time, we could leave some sort of warning message in the 100-year period. We could. And then just observe and see if it undoes itself. <laughs> <laughs> But we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know if it's possible for us to know what causes it. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, we have to find the source of this temporal whatever. Um, can I, with the information that I'm able to glean from the antimatter explosions, can I kind of triangulate where this might have kicked off? No. no. I don't think those um, parts of the of the world exist as the planet currently is. So I don't know if there's anything else. These explosions happened in places that aren't uh, evident to us. Yes. Yeah. What I'm thinking is the whole planet is 2020. So let and we're looking at a piece of Iowa. So if the explosions happened in New York and L.A. and Miami, we saw those. But by the time we got here, those places do not exist anymore. Right. So I only have only an Iowa scan to go off of from yes. a long, long range. The station was in orbit at the time. Um, you can't, it's not that you don't have the data to determine where it started. It's more that it happened everywhere at once, or seemingly so. Did, did it get triggered from another temporal situation instead of another place, another time? You don't have that data. Okay. I'm just spitballing. I got nothing. They probably don't have the technology to detect. Is there anything else in the system at all? Anything, any other kind of planetary bodies, moons, anything aside from this single space station in outside of the planet? Do a science-y, uh, no. Give him a tactical. Yeah, do, do a tactical yeah, scam. Tactical scam, yeah. I'm going to just assume that's my usual role. Uh, yeah, do mm, controlling security. Uh, that will be two successes. Potentially three, because there's a one there. You find a Glock on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let you use tactical systems as well. So it's four successes. Uh, you can have two of them Yee. as momentum. Yay! Awesome. So, yes. Uh, there does appear to be a slightly more advanced bit of technology mm. out in the uh, this system's Oort cloud. It's Basically resembles a monolith, but is, you know, uh, about 100 kilometers long, high. And it is floating out in the Oort cloud. <laughs> you are detecting passive sensors on board, but you're too far away, and it is obscured by too much rocky, icy rubbish to get a decent scan from where you are. Well, that would be well, definitely well. a place to go and out with that. Wanna go check it out, Captain? Uh, yep. He's gonna tell you to go and uh, take a shuttle. Uh, he wants to keep the Potemkin here to scan 
um, scan further. Which one of our shuttles is the best sciency? Taking the waffles. <laughs> the waffles. I actually think the waffles is the, is the best sense, uh, science one. No, the waffles got zero science. Oh, uh, that'd be the I, Delta uh... flyer. Oh, well, okay. actually, yeah. Can I put has, a pod on it or something? Yeah, science pod, which gives it a plus one. Um, sensors, seven, eight, five. Delta flyer would be slightly better at the task, but has okay. less... Take the Delta. Has less power. And isn't as well armed. Well, I have I have a little power pack. That's pretty handy. Okay. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm making rules for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So you're taking taking the Delta, the Angeles. Uh, you can either take the several hours it takes to get there at sublight speed, or do an intersystem. We're not in a hurry, I guess. I don't know when time is when time travel is involved. You're not always in a hurry. <laughs> I can do the warp jump. What? Okay. Engage. Find your character sheet again. So small craft or navigation. Uh, no, astro navigation. Either of those focuses will work. Oh, and sun. Um. Yeah. Okay. Successes, but none of them are under. Okay, well, that's that's good enough. Um, you've used one point of power. Um, oh, yeah. You, you make the jump as successful. Uh, there's no real problems. And you jump to within a couple of hundred kilometers of the object. It is... It is pitch black. I mean, we're talking Ventra Black, sort of pitch black. Only your your sensors are a little bit unreliable uh, because the the object seems to be absorbing most of the radiation from your sensors. But you can tell that it is old, and we're talking formation of the system old. Um, billions of years. Uh, from what you can tell, there seems to be a great deal of recorded data within. Um, and the technology is unrecognizable. So what are you going to do? I'm the doctor. I don't know what to do. You're also the science oh. Yeah, I think you're also the science guy in this one. Yeah. Oh. Science? I think you need to be more specific than just science. <laughs> I don't think I do. I cast science. Um, so, we is there anything in? Are there any spaces inside? Any physical spaces inside it? We could. Um, yeah, there does seem to be um, within the center of the object. There does seem to be a a void of some description. Um, curiously enough, it is liquid. Water? Liquid. Uh, yeah, water. What do we think? How big did you say this thing was? Um, several kilometers high. Okay. That's big. Well, but that's like a watery atmosphere like the station. We could go in there, right? Do we know if the transporters will be affected by that 
building with the sensors? It's not clear. It's... They might work, they might not. Or they might work halfway between. 100% is preferable. There's no dock or anything? Not that you can see. No life sign. No, not that you can read, anyway. We've already gone into one, so let's go into another. We want to leave someone on the Delta Flyer to run the transporter in case there's problems. Would be nice. Have we got anyone else with us, or is it just us? Uh, you got I would Alexia. say that you had Basin, but you're here, so... Yeah. Um, you've got Alexia with you. Okay. Um, she's got three in engineering, so does Pride. What would transporters be? What's the role for transporters? Um, most likely engineering. Be, yeah. 13 for Alexia, and that would be a 15... So it's probably best to keep Pride on the ship and send Elixia on the away team. Sure. She'd be more used anyway as a science officer. Guess that means Ellie's in charge. Yeah, that's right. She's now a lieutenant. Yeah, lieutenant commander. She needs to fix that name. Right of passage. I don't know if she's still there. She might be away. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's child wrangling. Okay. So, as you prepare to beam over, you detect a great deal of interference uh, to the point that the computer kind of, like, tries to convince you it's a bad idea to use the transporters right now. When suddenly the interference clears up completely. Uh, You're still not able to get a clear sensor reading or reading of um, sensors, but the transporters can get a lock on the target location with no problem at all now. This structure isn't made out of candy and cookies, right? <laughs> no, rainbows and bunnies. Not being invited in by an old witch. Pixie dust. <laughs> yes, please come inside. Eat the dog first. <laughs> right, dog's going in. So we we're going. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Let's do it. Come on. Okay. So you materialize into a pool of water, or into a a, a sphere of water. It's um, probably about a hundred meters across. Uh, there is definite uh, water currents, and all around the edges are plants. Um, aquatic plants, and there is there are shoals of fish um, darting around uh, in and out of the the leafy bits, and seemingly freestanding in the very centre is a solid sphere, maybe a couple of meters across. And it is plastered with uh, touch green monitors. Can we tell what these monitors are for? Um, they seem to be observation monitors. Anything on them interesting? Yes. Um, currently is the planet. Um, it's showing a live 
live stream of um, various locations around the planet. The various locations around the planet, as in live, as in it's showing different time periods. Um, expand upon that for me. So we know that the planet is currently cracked um, yeah. into different time periods. Is the feed just showing the modern block, or is it showing yeah. fragments of the other ones as well? It's showing the planet as it is now. Okay. Uh, but it is also, it, just to refine that a little bit, it's showing all around the planet, including the dark side, visual dark side. It doesn't, that, uh, the, the opposite side of the planet from visual line of sight. That makes sense. Is there a second of these monoliths on the other side, or is there kind of other probe? No indications. You haven't detected anything. Anything else? Any way to change the camera views? That'd be a computer test. Would that be engineering? Can't try with the sciencey thing. Science. You can get the big fight on pay per view. Two successes. Yep. Yeah, okay. So uh, it's reasonably kind of easy, actually. You're able to fast forward and rewind with just a a swipe on the screen. You experiment and kind of like the the effort you put into the stripe the swipe is how quickly it rewinds or fast forwards. It never goes any further than now or then but as you swipe back um years and years past decades centuries and it appears as though the monolith has been watching this world for well since its formation since before its formation should you wish to go that far back you could watch the formation of the star the pulse as it ignites and then the formation of all the planets this must have been here billions of years yep that's what it seems like they've got some fantastic batteries <laughs> don't tell Ellie <laughs> <laughs> um, so but you do uh, you can you 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 can watch the entire planet just change suddenly as it stitches. And can I uh, ask a bit of a meta question about these cameras? If I can pivot the cameras, can I actually make them look around at what the camera is? Like if it's actually a physical thing or if this is like a stitch in time piece of camera stuck to a lamppost or if it's actually a floating drone or Yeah, so it employs um sensors much like those on the potemkin in in basic principle so while there is no visible phys physical camera as such it is the same sort of um sensors that a starship uses for its main view screen I so see. it is able to see all around the planet with little problems but you can't tell what what they use 
what sort of particles they use for their sensors. Is there any functionality other than camera control, like sensors or other data? Um, no, it um, the it seems to be mostly automated. Well, it is automated, but you can't. There, there's no interaction beyond the camera. I see. Just to check in, this setup. So we're, we're talking about touchscreens, and you said it was on like an orb in the middle of the room, right? Yep. Is there any indication of like? Surely this is a setup that somebody would actively be using it, and so somebody would be occupying this space. Is there any indication that there's actually anyone been here for any long length of time? I think you mentioned fish. Are they just kind of normal fish? Yes. Like we would say. Yeah. It, well, uh, do a security scan with your tricorder. Just is it? I assume it's control again. Yeah. Two successes. Okay, so while the majority of the life in this bowl is organic, there are a number of robotic creatures. And they they take the form of um, crabs and and snails and things like that. Not all of the crabs and snails are machinery, though. They seem to be more caretakers than anything else. But there are a number of places that look within the within the plants, the plant bed, a number of places that appear to be artificial. You know, kind of like into a bed. Or a, or a den type thing, but there are no advanced intelligence creatures present within the sphere or the station, but it looks like it's set up to house them at least for short periods of time. Can we tell if there's um, like a storage bank where all of the sensor data has been going for billions of years? Yes, elsewhere in the station. Nikki, can you do a Engineering check, please. Success. Two good successes. Of course. So uh, Ellie detects a a computer core that is partially out of out of sync with this timeline, maybe even this universe. The three dimensional physical part that is in this universe uh, is uh, the storage capacity is immense so large that there isn't actually a word for it. It's in the region of 24 to the power of several billion. It's huge. You don't have a word for it. But even so, it is only partially full, as in 20-odd percent. But uh, Billions of years takes up 20% of a hard drive. Man, that's a good hard drive. Yeah. And from what you can gather, the the read access at the, the central station is near instantaneous. It puts the Potemkin's binaural network to shame. So can I look out to space to see the Potemkin's recent arrival? Uh, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. The station recorded the Potemkin dropping out of warp. It recorded your approach to the station and... Gets a little bit interesting at that point because it recognized your transporter signature and 
determined you were friends or friendly and allowed you access. Friends. Yep. Is there any relationship between it and the information from Tenzi Carter? No, the technology, um, the storage space seems similar to the repository of possible futures uh, in that it uses um, a subspace storage for much of its memory core. But the technology is so much more advanced than the protectorate, orders of magnitude more. Any information on these drives other than the sensor data? Oh, it's it's just the sensor data. Got it. I'm not sure what to do from here. They let us in automatically, but there's only one thing we can do and watch all this video takes time. I feel like I missed so much by stepping away. Oh, we found a, a building that basically has sensor data for the last, like, it's almost like an observatory for this entire Is this still system. out in the Oort, co- Oort cloud? object this is inside the monolith we're in like a fishbowl inside it okay it shows everything up to the point here for a billion years and our arrival what do we want to know from it that's i'm not sure at this point it's basically a very sophisticated camera that you can see everything that happened on the planet forever can i use the ftl computer to interface with it and ask what the cause of the split was rewind to the to the time the moment that all this changed? Yeah, that was my question. If I was going to pick, I would pick Pride's option because that was the easiest one and you don't use the determination. But yeah, you can. So you rewind back, uh, maybe a little bit too far, but you see um, in accelerated, you know, accelerated time visual-wise, you watch as they build antimatter reactors across the planet the the data you can you can gather um can be as precise as following a single individual throughout their entire life well so i'm going to say if you spend half your momentum then you can find out why the reactors exploded yes please mm-hmm. okay so while they did develop the technology themselves it certainly wasn't it wasn't given to them or anything like that they did develop the antimatter tech themselves their storage techniques were a little bit hinky so aboard the potemkin they use um, magnetic bottles to hold the antimatter to stop it from you know interacting with the antimatter bottles and blowing up used a similar sort of thing on the planet except it was powered from their global power grid rather than from the reactor directly so the power went to the grid and then came back to power the uh, antimatter bottles the problem with that was that uh, despite their apparent unity there was still a corruption i guess you could say uh capitalism basically and a single individual was responsible for the destruction of their planet by, it was an act of terror, basically turned the power grid off. It was off for less than a minute before it was restored, but it was a, a way of making a point. 
that the their culture couldn't exist without the power they were uh, his company was providing. This unfortunately depowered the antimatter bottles, which unlike Starfleet didn't have a very long fail safe, and they exploded, thus accounting for the uh, almost simultaneous explosions. The amount of energy uh, expand expended in all those plants exploding simultaneously would have cracked the planet. But for some reason, uh, and it's not clear what that reason is, the monolith stepped in. Uh, I should sorry, I should add that the monolith detected a massive temporal explosion as well, and it was would have resonated through time as well as space pretty much would have wiped out the entirety of history on this planet it would have wiped it from existence uh so the monolith stepped in and tried to save as much of the timeline as possible but even it had its limits and could only save snatches of time 16 to be exact uh from different time periods uh yeah. So, but so the explosions did cause the temporal surge, then, or whatever. They were the cause, not the symptom. Uh, they were the cause, yes. And I forgot to ask earlier: these slices of time pie, are they all mm-hmm. actively synced together? Like, if you wait an hour, you know, it, it, it was twelve fifty years ago, but now it's one p.m. fifty years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're all synced together. Um. They are, they're, they're, they're not windows into time. They are a patchwork quilt. They've all been stitched together. You're not going to see someone randomly walking through that time slit and then disappear no. because they went to the other side. No, no. Okay. If you okay. move between them, you move as though it was a normal planet. Got it. Okay. What's the, what's the largest patch? It's a continent-sized patch, vaguely on the equator. It's mostly northern hemisphere, but it is it's a continent-sized patch. I mean, we're um, talking Russia sort of size. Well, it includes part of the ocean as well. There are several sections that are that big. It seems that the the bigger patches are uh, to preserve fauna and flora, and the smaller ones are designed were designed to preserve humanoids, humanoids. Humanoids. So, what's the largest humanoid people? Patch. That'd be the the nineteen twenties. Okay, that's the most advanced relative to the others, right? Uh, no. Other than yeah, that's, or that's the second most advanced. Then obviously yes. the twenty twenty one advanced, but it's also a rural area, so it's not going to have a lot of the. Okay, short of violating the temporal prime directive. I don't know that we can fix this. Uh, Maybe it's not meant to be fixed because these have all been purposely plucked by this other, by the um, monolith. I don't actually think that if we tried to affect anything in the 1920s slice that it will affect the future because it's in our present. Yeah, I I agree. But they let us in, though. They let us into this monolith on purpose. Us. So what did they want us to do with this information? We don't have access to anything that can change anything, do we? We just have access to the sensors, basically. And we can download history, 
that we can download the massive billion year history of the planet. I don't no. know if we could even. We couldn't. No, no, that would not. <laughs> no, but it'd, it'd be like putting my eight terabyte hard drive, downloading that into a 1960s calculator. Do Can we set up a process? Did, like a... When it clipped these histories from the past, those histories ceased to exist when the, when the disruption happened, right? So it's not like they're missing people from the past. The past just ceased. It got disrupted. Is that the case? Or are they missing persons from the past? Timey-wimey? Um, no. I'm like just trying to ascertain if so they need was, to be I think returned. It, or... I think it's more that they were. Uh, yeah, yeah. I suppose they were um, were taken rather than copied. And then, so they're taken. So, like that whole in the perspective of the past, are they missing like a continent of people in the 1920s on this planet? I'm not sure. It's probably that they're missing the life forms rather than the geography. Right, right. a continent's worth of people. Okay. So did they just take the humanoids, the life forms, but they didn't take, like, society, the city, the, the you know, the Model T Fords? Uh... I, think, I think it's everything on the surface. He's just saying that the geography itself wasn't plucked. Yeah, and the other, all the other time zones are either unpopulated with humanoids or are populated with more primitive uh, earlier evolution humanoids but their their movement doesn't seem to have affected the more the most recent timeline it didn't change like it still had the effects of having companies and space programs and everything even though continents yes. worth of people disappeared previously. So something about that timeline is stabilized by their particular choices. Mm, yeah, potentially. Or, okay. or the most recent timeline was, or the people from that most recent timeline were insulated from any changes. So are we going to make the time cops mad and go down there? I'm fine with that. All right, let's make the time cops mad. We're already on their bad side. <laughs> that's my vote anyway. What were you going to say, Nikki? I was just going to say if there's anything that seems particularly special about saving the Rhode Island size township or whatever that's going on down there, are they like, um, you know, Amish? Basically disconnected from all this stuff? No, no. There's, uh, they have technology. They have technology. The internet's not working anymore. Well, no. <laughs> um, they have technology that is um, akin to what you saw on the space station. Uh, they have solar panels, indoor plumbing. They don't appear to be the axolotl version of Amish. Just, you know, more more like um, uh, the Falklands, uh, the Falkland Islands. So they've still got all the technologies, just that they choose to live there. All right. I really wish we had someone to just say, hey, I'm the COXO. I'm going to tell you guys what we're going to do. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I'm still kind of unclear on what's our goal then, to unravel this or to just observe it? Well, from a story point of view, it, it's your story. I just yeah. want to know why they but let I know, but here. as like a officer on a ship, 
in the story. Well, I there don't is, know. I, I, I will give is you a clue. Is this an exploration task or? I will give you a clue. There is one more time zone that you could look at. Oh. All right. Let's catalog the time zones. Yeah, you said there's 16 pieces. Sorry. So what are all the time zones in each Sorry. piece? There's, there's one more point in history you can look at on the uh, on the computer. Oh, out on the planet. But you have to give us all 16 uh, dates on the planet. <laughs> well, okay. All right. I'll, I'll, so... I'll spend the rest of your uh, momentum and I'll tell you. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Do we have any momentum to spend? <laughs> I mean, we're down to three after we ate through the other thing. Is the time zone... What about the very, very, very beginning? Like when it first started recording, is that what we're talking about? Nope. So this is before all the time split. Yes, before the time split. What's the other piece that we missing? Are you spending your XP? Uh, your momentum? I say yes. I mean, Nikki just needs to do one computer roll and you get it all back anyway, so. <laughs> Maybe I'm due to roll some 20s. <laughs> um, the 1920s. Um, so as you spin back, the monolith helps you a little bit zooms into a particular a particular fortification that looks very familiar to you all and focuses on a group of four individuals that seemingly appear from nowhere are they ferengi no are they us yes (laughs) with a small device clutched in the hands um, uh, clutched to the chest of one of them who despite looking exactly like, well, not exactly like, looking like an axolotl, has very goat-like characteristics in the twitching of the head, looking around, making sure they're not going to get into trouble, and and moves to a door, saying, with the room number 104, and you place the small device down on a table amongst other devices. Uh, they all look similar technology and level, with one of the devices looking very much like a glass jar with a metal top and a metal bottom. And oh. then you beam out again. Can we get to that location now? Uh, yes, you can. I say we go. I'm just trying to understand, is this is this something we did previously, or is this something we're going to do? Yes. Uh Something we're going to do in the past. No, it's we're going to do it now, and it's going to end us up in the. I hate time and, travel. Yeah, yeah, we're so screwed. What if I refuse to go? <laughs> you, you're going to lose that chip, that new chip on your uh, new pip on your uniform. <laughs> can can I tell from the from the scan information what that jar is? Do an engineering check, please. Yeah, there's my 20, and we're out of momentum. One success and a 20. Um, And then, I guess... What was my other question? I got distracted by the 20. The information she leaves, is it like how to build a stable grid with backups? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, it is a... Yeah, effectively. It's a... It's a capacitor, not necessarily more advanced than they were able to create, but goes about 
the power storage in a different way. So it has a has a higher yield capacity and will discharge its power uh, more evenly over a longer period of time. Uh, effectively, instead of having like a 30 second backup, it'll be an hour. So we put that down there? You do. And that doesn't fix anything because the time is still messed up. Well, you don't know. Well, you we haven't, haven't put done it, it yet. Or our decision not to do it because we saw it causes it not to happen. Therefore, it's not fixed. But then if we did that, we never would have seen it. Because you didn't do it. Yeah. I think I think I need a Tylenol. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> Great. Gosh. Oh, Doc, this is heavy. Do you? I have no problem providing you save stuff. a planet or save the timeline? Only there was a cheerleader. Can we tell who was holding the device when we went down there? Well, from from the way that um, the individual was clutching it to their chest very protectively, it could only be one person. So what if we make someone else carry it? It's like I said, what if I, go, what if I don't go? What if I dance when I get went. transported? I mean, these I think are there's some the resilience questions. in timelines. What if I Not everything's backwards? a butterfly. Well, that still doesn't... Um, so basically, this room get us 104. To the past. I want to find out whose room this 104 is when I look into this place. Can, I want to go down and I want to learn about it before I leave the stuff. I, okay. I guess we can do we can do that, but yeah, that doesn't get us to the past. Of that. Like Where are we actually in the past, or are we just in the time split version of the past? Yes. Nikki, do a computer's thingy test. Oh, I like computers. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of successes. Two, four, five. Okay, well, you can have free momentum back. You guys seem to be slightly para paralyzed when you don't have momentum to fall back on. Yes. Basically, the room belongs to the scientists, scientists who were developing the first storage bottles for the newly discovered antimatter particles. So far, they, the antimatter created in a super collider had only been uh well it couldn't be stored they had no way of storing it so it annihilated itself almost instantly not itself it collided with matter and annihilated but they believe with the antimatter bottle with the magnetic field they could siphon off the antimatter as it's created while it is like the 1920s ish their knowledge of uh, science is probably late 21st century Earth. So they, they know how to store it and they know how to create it, just not in vast quantities at that point. But they, hadn't, they, they were still developing ways to store it safely. And that's the lab. It was decided to put it... Uh, the, the base is directly above the subterranean facility where the super collider is controlled from but only only a section of the collider came through uh the time stitch so it's not a full collider unfortunately yeah i'm i'm having trouble seeing how this will help the future but because they're so disconnected i think give it a bit of uh meta content um context it's more of trusting a higher power want of a better term so maybe the model maybe the monolith will stitch it back together after we've placed the, the capacitor and maybe the monolith it does whatever it 
versus yeah. we just fulfill our yeah. destiny by putting it there and then we're done eh, how much different is it than giving transparent steel to earth <laughs> <laughs> i suppose yeah oh, Wait, it's, it's... It took him a while to develop it though didn't he so i check out this lab oh we have to actually go down to the planet for the the says we go down there, so let's go down there. Okay. Uh, well, Pride still needs to get them home. Or back to the Potemkin, should I say. Oh, we still need to build that capacitor, too. Yeah, the Delta Flyer definitely doesn't have the capabilities to build that. Well, it probably does, but I'm saying it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it we'll go back and I can help us. Well, while we're doing that, Oh, we're doing that. There is still the question of yes, we can do this, but should we? Is this permitted? I have to call back into question the prime directive again. Are we interfering by doing this? We already did. Did we though? Um, Scott, Scott failed temporal mechanics, so he doesn't know. But like, <laughs> hey, caught it in four K. <laughs> there is a question. We've not done done it yet. Even if we did do it, like well, we did. Yeah. It's still interfering. Right, but... Well, Ellie's principles are that if nobody has to die, they shouldn't. So she's going to press for interfering. I just kind of that way, too. If we... Yeah. Um, especially since it's not like... We're not handing them a phaser. We're handing them... A safety switch. Well, we're handing them an idea they could have had. Just thought... But what if what if these you're handing them the flux capacitor? What if these aliens turn out to be horrific monstrosities that prey on other species and civilizations? We don't know that. We don't know anything about them. Said the same thing about us. We've rewound the whole history of them. We would have seen. They haven't encountered other species yet. But we don't know that they'll get warp technology either. They're not capable. We can keep an eye on them after we've saved their planet from extinction. I just think, in, in Scott's perception of things, this is twisting the Prime Directive in an uncomfortable direction. Well, in Prime, Prime I'll leave it up well, to Captain Pax, but should we intervene, want an objection on the record? Um. Max says you saw all the evidence, uh, so he trusts your trusts you to make the choice, and he will back you one hundred percent. Okay, I make the choice to go down. Ellie's feeling the lieutenant commander vibes, and she decides she's gonna push the case, even against Scott's sad mojo feelings. That's two for one against. Just thinking about the millions of people that died. I mean, you already kill millions every time you use that battery. Lies. <laughs> We, Scott would like to remind you all of the time that we nearly intervened uh, in, this was a while ago now, but there was this kind of planet-killing thing that we could have inter- intercepted, and we chose to do nothing, and everything worked out okay. Right. Because somebody else probably did something before us. We don't know that. <clears throat> we do, from the effect on the small planet that it got attracted to. Uh, this is my decision. <laughs> you are the tiebreaker. Yeah, um, right, or TIE Creator. Either way. I hate the Prime Directive. The Enterprise episode where they wouldn't save that one species because it was doomed to die evolutionarily. Um, how much, 
What's the population of this planet currently? Before explosion, a couple of yeah. billion. Oh, a couple billion, and now, and now, hundred thousand. Most of them will be from the past. Right. And other species. I mean, oh, what do you mean, other species? Other uh, primitive, earlier evolution. Homo sapien, Homo erectus, that kind of thing. Right, but those are still going to die. Yeah. So basically, of um, the only who, the only modern axolotls who are still alive, numbers about three hundred and fifty. Those are going to. Yeah, it, it's all going to end up absorbed in the nineteen twenty. None of them are probably. Do I need to make any rolls or anything to build my capacitors and put together my info? Yeah. Do we need to do a social conflict? I mean, these are values right on my sheet. Science and tech should be exchanged freely. If you want to do a social con- conflict to try and convince Pride to or Scott do it. and Scott. Social conflict, uh, reason and command, I believe, is the role. But I'll so do how, it reason, reason and your discipline because you are arguing from department's point of view, so, as it were. Am so I training. Scott or Pride? What are we doing? Well, who do you want to try and convince? I guess Pride has the say if we're locked. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, the big. I, I think um, Paul would get advantage on his role because he's probably legally right. It's a personal, personal choice not to do it, as well as a, like, say, a legal one. But Pride is unconvinced or doesn't know. It's so, more the it's it's I don't, I don't know if this is a social conflict or not. I think it's more an issue of me getting in the way of the character. Um, I think pride having been raised, raised um, isolated, me. So yeah, I think being raised Federation, Starfleet, you'd probably come on the side of not interfering, letting things develop as it is now. You take Scott's side. Me personally, as a player, I'm all with Ellie. But... Well, Ellie's gonna Ellie's gonna ask for a sidebar with Pax then. Well, I mean, Pax does point out that their their development their development has already been interfered with um, by the by the monolith by grabbing and stitching. So the planet that exists now, or the culture isn't the way it's supposed to be anyway i like his reasons right well is there any sign that this is going to destabilize well i mean the technology um the technology that you describe that the monolith describes is centuries behind starfleet standard and is is no more than a, 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 a well i don't know technology is Technological development is driven by a need. So they didn't need any better capacitors because they were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. And when they stopped doing what they were supposed to do, they didn't have a chance to progress because, you know, apocalypse. So the technology that you are going to build is no more advanced than they would have built. As I was going to say, I could probably even use their own science papers to give them their own suggestions. Right. Yeah, and it is, it is a fail-safe rather than a right. it's not technological new advancement. Uh, PAX would potentially come down on the side of do it 
it would breach the Prime Directive, but it's such a unique situation the, yeah. that they could probably uh, that you the crew, the senior staff could probably argue their case reasonably well. I mean, how many times did Picard, Kirk, Janeway, and Cisco oh, yeah. breach the Prime Directive? Yeah. And you are the Ellie heroes of your own story. Ellie would so, risk her no. commission to save billions of people. That's not even a question. But That'll make me sad. So she'll but, lead the way team if she has to, if you guys aren't going to. But Scott does also have a point. Their future is unknowable. They could be the next Dominion or Cardassians. Yeah, but that's something we can monitor for. Or they could be our next help against the next Dominion or Cardassians. Um, you can't you can't condemn a person. You don't kill baby Hitler. Or do you? Oh, you don't kill baby Hitler. <laughs> you don't know. Okay, I, I think I can see Pride coming around to that. Our first social conflict, and we didn't even do it. Because <laughs> the conflict was mostly, yeah. It's difficult <laughs> to have these types of discussion because it's difficult not to bring in meta. Right, right. Yeah. Your characters might, like your characters probably wouldn't, well, your characters wouldn't use that as an argument, using the meta as an argument, and it kind of flavors the discussion. Like I said, but, this is why I hate the Prime Directive, because like that episode of Enterprise where Dr. Flox wanted to save that entire yeah. species and wouldn't let him. That's why the Prime Directive is there, because you don't know what the future holds. But, Starfleet is full of people. People are going to do, especially when they've got evidence that, you know, from a, a potentially a species that is billions of years old, that is saying, you know, do this. Yeah, that yeah. was my point, is that they let us in for some reason. Yeah, whatever that monolith thing is, yeah. There's still no indication of whether that was a benevolent monolith or just manipulating us to do its work for us. Either way. I mean, we can once this once we file this with Starfleet, and Starfleet knows that it has to keep an eye on this thing. Max is gonna so get a arse chewing for this, isn't he? <laughs> oh well, what's the worst that can happen? And we're not actually. I build the capacitor really and well. We're not actually the ones doing it. The monolith is doing it. <laughs> well, that, that's an ambiguous statement, right there. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you know, it, it is are our lives um, determined for us, or have we got completely fr- complete free will? That's a nice metaphysical question for you. Um, you accept yes. refugees in on on goodwill, so it's the same kind of principle. We're just we're going to help, and we're going to hope that in helping, that we, Don't you know, encourage the universe. good development. Yeah. Well, hopefully, in the future, when they figure out we are and that we've been in their past then there may be oh if you want to oh god ellie if if ellie signs this capacitor she's losing (laughs) that third pip no she's going to choose some other scientist no she's going to choose she's going to cover the tracks as best she can so that it looks like it was development that was dropped off from another department or something yeah okay um so we can always take biological samples if we're worried about them becoming the next inside them later, because that's what the Federation would. You're do. already planning <laughs> genocide. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Uh, um, Scott okay, will so Pax's the, orders. Okay, um, Pax makes it official and says, deliver it, and he notes your... Objection. That's the word. Um, notes your objection in the log and dutifully sends it to Starfleet, you know, but it would take about an hour or so before it reaches the nearest Starfleet anything. Uh, so he tells you to beam down under the assumption that Starfleet Command will say go ahead, obviously. Of course. With his recommendation. With, Completely. yeah. Yeah. Uh, however. But once Ellie um, forgets that she could instantly send a message to OC. <laughs> yes. Um, Oops. <laughs> too busy, you know, engineering and stuff. Quantum entanglement? What's that? <laughs> Forgot. The, there is still a jam, um, well, a temporal field preventing beamings, though. Oh, right. So you will have to overcome that. Do we want to fly or do we want to overcome the beam? Beam down, though. Beam down, though. And the monolith. So I guess that would be the science guys working on that. Uh, I'm going to make it a, a task. So it will be engineering, science, and let's say tactical as well. Oh, this would be transporters? Yes. Okay. So you all need to roll. So transporters for early. Ha ha. <sighs> Although the rest of you I might I cannot believe my rolls to... this game. <laughs> the straight roll for Scott. Uh, one or two d20s for this. Two, please. And a straight roll for Will, uh, for the doc. Is this count as a tactical systems focus? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's the same as my number rather than under, so it's fine. Okay. Science? Yep. Got it. Two success anyway. Okay. Max out our momentum, maybe? Mm, Hang on. Need to count. Uh, Nikki, can you roll 4d6? Oh. Scott, can you roll two? Hypothetically. And Will, can you roll two? Four to one, making a five. Yep. There's a whole bunch of numbers. One, two, three, four. Okay. Well, you needed 24 overall, and you got 25. Woof! Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that this is part of the official rules, but it's the way I do it. It's easier. And you got uh, easily the number of successes. Uh, so you probably refill your momentum. Um, but you beam down, success, or you successfully modify the transporters, and you beam down into an empty corridor just down the hallway from room 104. It is um, atmosphere, oxygen, nitrogen, air, rather than water, to make that distinction. And you don't see any other axolotls around. Ellie carries her gift. I'm using a tricorder just to make sure that we're not that we're not going to get surprised. Uh, yeah, uh, nearest life signs are in adjacent rooms um, that lead on to this corridor, but they're all they all appear to be stacked up stations or works worktops that sort of thing. Um, there's none that are moving within range. We're making our way to the 104 door right now? Yep. It's just a couple of meters down the hall. 
Uh, the door is not locked, and it opens. Yeah, how many fingers do they have? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. It's suction cups on the end. It's probably three fingers, yeah. And I was just thinking, yeah, little grippers on the ends of the fingers. Um, the doors seem to have indentations for the, the ends of the fingers. And as you try the door, it's a little bit stiffer than a normal doorknob would be. And you have to put a bit of effort into turning it. Either it's a bit of a security measure or they're stronger than um, the average humanoid in the Federation. As they're walking to the door, the doctor subtly puts a peace sign out next to himself. And he's going to check that video later to see if it changed. Sure. Um, So the door opens. It's one of those auto-closing doors with the thingy on the top like a fire door uh it takes a bit of effort to open it and you place the device down next to another prototype maybe with a little note written in their language from a a member of their species who didn't get pulled pulled through but is left that was left behind i don't know maybe even someone who recently died sort of thing i don't know either way it was passable completely yeah you beam out with no complications at all however when you go to return to the monolith it is no longer there uh while you have all your memories uh all the ship's sensor data of the monolith are also gone it's as though it didn't exist yeah, now we're screwed with stuff, like, aren't we? We've got no evidence to say that we've, you know, an outside force has given us this directive. Literally, all we have is our memories. So I can't check for that peace sign. That sucks. At the same time as you beam up, or this is the same time as you scan for the monolith and it's not there, the planet below, there's no indication that it changed. There's no flash of light or sensor readings or anything. It just, you are just orbiting a an M-class planet with billions of life forms who are now somewhat pissed that someone turned their power off and turned it back on again. And news outlets are very thankful uh, for the discovery a hundred years ago of a greater capacitor. Now they see this giant ship in their solar orb in their planetary well, orbit, and <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, the, the, it, unless you're looking for it, you know, the the standard. Well, I imagine they have more than just the one station. Now, yeah, but other, the standard satellites that could catch up. The standard orbit of a Federation ship is several thousand kilometers above the planet, which is higher than any satellites would be so unless you pass in front of a outward looking satellite wave like through the window well, i mean if they have a hubble telescope they're going to if they have a hubble telescope they're going to catch yeah but how much space it's is there at certain places in the sky you barely notice a shooting star and that would be bigger than us but pax does order the shields to be raised and a light scattering frequency used so it'd be harder to see and he orders a higher orbit to be achieved 
make you even a small, even smaller target. And that's when the communications work properly again. Oh, hey! You are all called in front into the the conference room. Uh, there's a bit of berating. Uh, there is a man in a black suit stood beside the head of Starfleet Sciences who is doing the berating. The man doesn't say a word, but it's clear that he's uh, Department of Temporal Investigations. Very sour look on his face, but he's keeping his mouth shut, which is slightly scary in its own right. And when the Admiral calms down, he says, while none of us can prove it, monoliths appeared in every inhabited system in the Federation and possibly beyond about the same time that you discovered the one uh, discovered your one and they disappeared several hours later we believe at the same time that yours disappeared as well hmm. that's interesting but we have no information we have no sense of records of it just our accounts yeah just memories any uh logs or letters or emails or google searches have all disappeared as well space google yeah and we don't know what to make of it but the, the, you did what i don't know if you did the right thing or not but it's done and for reasons unbeknown to me and the admiral glances at the man in the black suit it has been decided that prosecution will not be brought against any crew member aboard the Potemkin. Yay. Yay. Scott and, just walks out of the room. And the screen goes blank as the communication fails. Pax is a little bit lost for words. He expected to be relieved of command. And he's had a number of run-ins with the Department of Temporal Investigations, and none of them have gone that well. Uh, he expresses this, and there's, I believe that there's something that they know that we don't. Yeah. And that's it. End of session 20. Well, Ellie can sleep at night anyway. Yes, no scary shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet these monolith people. Mm -hmm. You might. You never know. And they better give me a peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was awesome, by the way. Glad you enjoyed it. Social conflict that it didn't even happen, even though it was supposed to happen. And now I'm thinking I should have let, 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 let us do that. Just Ellie could have lost a arm wrestling with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Roche, I'm bill you for it. Yeah. The, the opening of one of the movies. It was the opening of one of the movies. Right, but one of them opens with Kirk and Spock on a volcano. It's, it's Kirk and McCoy. That's the second one, isn't it? For Yeah, the second one. I um, remember the scene, but not the context. Oh it's, yeah. yeah, it was it was Star Trek Beyond. Um they <laughs> they the uh, a super volcano was gonna erupt and they stuck a um cold fusion device to disable it. Right, and they saved the saved the, the population, yeah. Kirk was demoted to XO and Spock was transferred to a different ship. Oh, so they did take Yeah You guys the... are all in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> um, although saying that, I do believe uh, Scott has reaffirmed his Starfleet true believer value. I'm right, yes. Um, so that's a point of determination you can have. Nice. To spend cool. in the future. Ding. Because you stuck to your guns. Right. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for the game. Cheers, Matt. Yes, thank yeah. you. That was great. I will talk right. to you throughout the week. Bye. Have a good night. Bye.
See you all later. Bye bye. Yeah. Ever since the protectorate, the doctor's just been going with the flow. He thinks destiny's a thing now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the shit does keep get thrown into your um, into your path, doesn't it? Yeah, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to fix the timeline, not destroy it. What's that from? Star Wars. Oh, yeah, the rewording. You were my brother, Alexander. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Did I hear a small child in the background laugh then? Yes, but it was at something completely different. You can, you can I'm going to pretend it was at me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Fragile ego and everything.